Hi there, I'm Lalita Krishnan and you're listening to Season 4, Part 2, Episode 27 of Heart of Conservation. I bring you stories from the wild that keep us all connected with our natural world. Today, I continue my conversation with Jayanti Kalam, Executive Director of Avian and Reptile Rehabilitation Center in Bangalore and part of her amazing team, including Subiksha, Ranjana, Samia and Vira Babu, to find out what it takes to make a wildlife rehabilitation center an efficient and successful one. Hi, uh, so my name is Subiksha. I am the rescue coordinator here. I also am an animal rehabilitator and I have been working here for a year and a half now. So uh, my role involves coordinating rescues, managing the place a little bit as well. And uh, I do work with the animals directly. I understand what coordinators, but how exactly does it work? So, yeah, so first step to that is dealing with outside people, like when they call you, answering the rescue calls, giving them basic instructions on how to handle the situation till the rescue team arrives, and then, uh, you know, planning out how to go about the rescue, which, which person to send, what equipment will be needed for the rescue, figuring all of that out, how to optimize so that on some days we do get a whole lot of rescues, right? Without, what is whole lot? Uh, it depends on the season. Like right now we do have, we are getting into the season where we have a lot of baby animals coming in. We also have a lot of uh, manja cases coming in. So maybe we do about, some days rescues may go up to 15 to 20 rescues a day. So just making sure that it's all done efficiently and animals get rescued on time. So coordinating that. All right. And, uh, you know, when you say... Uh, Making a plan, how long does it take to make a plan when you it get a rescue call? It is very dynamic. So a rescuer might be assigned for something else, but if a situation comes up that needs more immediate attention, they'll be redirected there and another person will be sent for this. So it has to be immediate so that, you know, it's based on the situation, which gets more priority. So, um, yeah, quite instantaneous and yeah, it has to be very dynamic. My name is Ranjana. I've also been here for about a year and a half. And um, I am under training um, to, uh, for rescue coordination and I mainly currently am working with animals, um, rehabilitation and the caretaking part of it with respect to feeds and um, one of the things that we are prioritizing right now are nestlings. Like you saw over there, we are getting, this is the season for kite nestlings to start coming in. So we're prioritizing that at the moment and I also handle the social media part of it for our um, center. Okay, so what is a typical day like? A typical day as a rehabilitator, mainly we start at about 6 a.m. So we do a check on all the animals that are currently at the center. Any critical animal will get immediate care, intervention. Uh, post that, we get on to feeds. Um, each animal has to be reviewed with respect to what kind of feeds they are. Some, if they're weak, will be put on fluids and things like that. So that has to be taken care of. So once the feeds are done, we get on to uh, two different things at the moment. One is the ICU, where we have um, animals like kites and crows. And this other section is the neonatal part, where we have younger birds, smaller birds and squirrels and animals like that. So the schedule uh, varies by a lot with respect to both the sections. So then we have our ICU. So the critical animals are tended to. Animals with wounds and medications are checked uh, about twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening. Dressings, anything has to be done. If animals are 
um, eating properly and things like that are taken care of. Then post that um, we also have feeds to again ensure the young ones are growing well, they're eating. Uh, if they need any in intervention in case if they are not eating and also being able to monitor their health if they are not looking as great has to be intervened as soon as possible uh, so this happens throughout the day and uh, towards the evening it's more focused on nocturnal animals we also have a lot of owls and bats um, and animals like that so they get a little more priority hi uh, my name is Samiha Zele so my my daily daily like schedule is mainly working on feedings when I come in weighing weighing the meat that needs to be fed so most of the neonatal birds they don't eat meat like it's mostly fruits um seeds and the kites kites and crows get meat I think the crows also get papaya um and then we have bats a couple of bats they devour fruit plates so I chop up fruit in the evening for them and then I work on like filling up fluids fl filling medicine um, helping with other small duties at the same time or like in between what backgrounds are you all coming from like so, what do you do before this or is this your first job uh, no I actually studied architecture so uh, midway through that is when I realized that this is kind of what I wanted to do. So there was a period where I was trying to combine both the passions because I wasn't ready to let go of either. Um, so I was working on habitat design and enclosure designs for a while um, at my last job. And uh, then uh, I think during the beginning of Corona is when I heard about the opening and I applied for this job here. Okay, so I actually did my master's in wildlife science. Oh, you did? Yes, from, from Amity University in okay. Ida. So for a while I was, I kind of had my eyes on rehabilitation kind of a setting for a long time because I feel like that's where I I fit in, in a way. And that's what I want to do or contribute to. There's a lot more to rehab than what most people think. It's not just rescuing the animals and putting them out there. There's a whole lot of it that goes in. You have to take things like ecology and uh, disease management and there's so much to the field so yeah I felt like this is something where you know I could contribute and uh, my main focus before that was on research but I was like hey this would be nice to do and then at some point during my master's I was like really wanted to pursue this and that's when I reached out and started working here and yes this is my first job yeah I completed high school in uh, California and during that time, I worked in a like a parrot shelter. Um, I've been working um, in a lot of different things related to conservation, like different l little fields. And that also includes like I did a little bit of like customer service and retail during certain periods. When I moved back to India in 2019, I started working as a wildlife education assistant. And then I um, I was working in elephant research. Then I was working in a like a project independent project like with another advisor in entrepreneurship during 2021 and i just started working here in 2022 in february yeah been a tough two years for everyone with uh, with the pandemic uh, i want to know if the number of rescues uh, decreased with everyone at home actually no quite uh, unexpectedly post covid 
and after the lockdowns, the numbers have skyrocketed of certain rescue cases. There are two types of, uh, two things that have happened that increased our rescues. One, um, this is applicable for uh, Bangalore particularly, it's manja cases. A lot of people during lockdown where contact sports were limited, people could not, children could not go out, they didn't have schools. And people were looking for ways to engage the kids or stay together as a family. So the kite flying as a sport picked up unexpectedly because people just could do it from their terraces and things like that. And suddenly we have seen these manja cases skyrocketed post uh, the first lockdown and it continued to increase. And in the second lockdown last year, it became quite worse. So uh, just to give you an example, in July of last month, last year, 2021, we did about 910 rescues, out of which close to 600 are manja rescues. So all these birds hanging to the threads, the, from the kite flying thread that gets left out after people fly, fly their kites. So that, that in fact has increased the load on one side. There is this lockdown and uh, we had quarantine protocols and, you know, people's movements were restricted and we didn't have all staff available to us. But on the other side, there is this increasing rescues that are coming our way and we could not hire new staff during that time. Um, so that was a challenge to go through. And uh, the second type of challenge we faced is a lot of people in the beginning part of the pandemic um, kind of assumed that bats were the reason for uh, corona and suddenly we started getting so many calls of removing bats from their neighborhoods or people who were tolerant of bats before um, and we've worked with them but post pandemic they are like no we don't want please remove the bats from us so that became quite a lot of work trying to convince them in some cases provide alternatives in some other cases. Of course, we would never involve in a removal of wild animal because that goes against our um, objective in the first place. But we had to counsel all these people who are calling them and do our best to convince them that, uh, you know, try to coexist. That's not the reason and make them understand about the COVID and the bats in general and try to disassociate that connection from bats and COVID for people. So in these ways, uh, or in many other ways, actually, the lockdown has brought us increased rescue calls and a lot of wildlife because of the roads were uh, all free and not uh, much movement from people like peacocks suddenly started, right. uh, started spotting peacocks everywhere in Bangalore on the roads, mm -hmm. on the terraces and things like that. So, uh, so the, even those rescue calls have increased. So lockdown has been a double whammy for us and COVID yeah. because we had to make sure that we and our animals and employees are safe with yeah. the limit, uh, with all disrupted supply chains and uh, disrupted workforce. And at the same time, we had to attend the increase in rescue calls. Uh, but we're glad we had a great team that we got through sound and safe on the other side. So very glad for that. Hats off to you and your team. Oh my God. It's so yeah. strange. Yeah, one, one doesn't think of all these things. You know, one is so self-occupied most of the time when we care about our next meal and our this and our that. That is the purpose of a wildlife rehabilitation center, according to me. See, if there is no wildlife rehabilitation center, all these connections that we have with the animals around us, the ways in which we impact them, the ways in which they impact us, these connections get missed and we don't uh, think about it, you know, unless we see an animal. 
so what happens if a community has a wildlife rescue center and they are uh, connecting with people and getting all these different calls or encounters with the wildlife different things i mean that stories go on and on we don't have time to go through even uh, 10% of it now but uh, because they they're looking at this aspect of it so we now as a rescue center we are specializing in looking at the conflict with the anim- in an urban environment with, between wild animals and between humans right we gain a lot of understanding of how to mitigate it what are the real issues how to go forward and things like that so that is the purpose of a wildlife rehabilitation center it is not just about the animals that get benefited but in a way the community gets benefited because now the community has a place to go to if they have any uh, question issue or if they want to do something for the wild animals around them you know they have some place to go to so that's in in some ways it's a service for the community also i feel not just for the animals that come through our door That's true. I wouldn't have put it that way, but it's really something to think about. Thank you so much, Jente. You know, uh, once an uh, animal comes to you and it's treated and it's recovered and all that, uh, what do you do with these animals? So, every wildlife rehabilitation's primary goal or the only goal is to return the animal, the wild animal back to nature, back to its function in the wild. um so with that in mind when uh, that is why we emphasize so much on the right rescue and the right treatment which will enable us to put that animal back because these animals these birds and animals have their families too uh and they survive uh, well when they are in the wild um, where they belong so there are two types of uh, releases that we do if it is an adult animal or if it is a juvenile animal um we try to put them back where they are found if you if i rescued it from uh, your neighborhood i'll try to release it within 50 meters uh, of your house something like that but if it is not a not an adult if it is a young animal and which came as a baby to us we, it, it also needs to learn the critical life skills to survive and so just releasing it and the hard release uh, hard releasing it is not a good solution for such animals so we do what is called as a soft release meaning we are not just you know pushing them out there into the wild to survive i mean they have been in our care in a rehabilitation control setting and suddenly they will not be if we release them they will not be able to survive in the wild so we go through what is called as a soft release process which is we acclimatize them in a safe environment like a cage or something like that in, a, in we acclimatize them first where we are going to release them so they get used to the sights uh, smell and sounds of that place and after few days of that we try to give them access to the to, to outside and it's up to them whether they leave if we are doing this with five birds uh, two of them may leave and two of them may need a little bit more care so they'll stay back and they will go as they feel comfortable with the outside world and if they ha- encounter anything if they are not sure of it they will actually come back in fact recently we released three tailor birds these tiny little things mm-hmm. and even post three days of release for evening they come back to this cage that we have where they feel safe so they will be allowed mm-hmm. to come back and slowly once they find them themselves more comfortable outside they will release it so this process is called as a soft release process 
which is important to do when these baby uh, birds or animals grow up with very interesting okay janthi could you share a word or a concept that you hold dear that will improve mm-hmm. our vocabulary or perception of the wild or wildlife rescues yeah the whole concept behind what we do with the wildlife rescues and rehabilitation the, the philosophy behind that is at least for me is the this concept of ecocentric development we all want to develop for sure as humans but we have a choice in which way we want to develop is our development going to be egocentric or ecocentric um what is ecocentric development ecocentric development looks at humans uh, as a subset or a part of the environment and nature as a whole um it is uh, based in this uh, concept that there is value and importance of the of nature and every life form in it and we are also part of it uh, whereas egocentric development focuses on development on the parts of nature that are useful to humans so our effort uh, by doing this is to foster the connect we have with animals around us and encourage people to shift more towards this ecocentric approach by making them aware of the fact that these wild animals are also part of our neighborhoods nature and that our actions will have an impact on them so let us tread carefully and choose our future carefully which focuses more towards the ecocentric development realizing that in in that development is what our development lies which would be more sustainable and feasible in the long run that is so enlightening <laughs> thank you jenthi how many rescue calls do you get that day, day approximately but uh, manja cases is coming uh, too many yeah sometime is coming summer time is a uh, season start uh, december to the june so this okay. is a peak season but last year this time so many rescues every day 20 25 like uh, okay dependence okay. Uh, some days but now people is uh, awareness is coming that's why uh, children's also patang at a glass i told always uh, Where, wherever i go i say some children hey guys don't leave that this type of red is a very dangerous disease but now is i think little bit changing not of 100% mm. 50% is changing i thought on that positive note i'll end this episode i hope you enjoyed listening to janthi kalam and part of a team do check out the website Heart of Conservation is available on several platforms. Do subscribe and spread the word, guys. Stay safe. Bye.